And Father, as you have included us, we give it right back to you. We've come here, Lord, to worship you, to exalt you. Lord, the music and the singing has been awesome. We pray you are pleased. And Father, I pray now that as the word of God is open, Lord, I pray that you would soften our hearts and make our minds receptive to your truth. Lord, if there's one here who has drifted away from the faith, if there's one here who seems to have a great distance between you and them, Lord, help them to realize that you never moved. So it had to be them that moved. Father, I pray that your word this morning would change lives. And Lord, I pray that when we leave this place, Father, that we seek, that we desire, that we yearn to be close to you. Lord, let this word fall on receptive lives. In the name of Jesus, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, to be mistaken for Jesus, to accomplish all that God wants to accomplish in your lifetime, you got to start on time, young people. You got to start on time, but you must also set a good example. Verse 12 Let no one despise your youth, but be an example. Say, example. But be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Although Paul describes Timothy as a youth, he was probably in his mid-30s. But he was dealing with elders in the church that were much older than he was. Paul was telling Timothy, listen, but son... Listen to my son uh, in, the, in the faith. Don't let your age make a difference. Don't let your age make a difference in how you serve God. You see, Paul knew, as I pray you know, that age is relative. Forty years old, for instance, is way too old to be a professional athlete. But 40 years old, on the other hand, is way too young for someone to be president. Age is is relative. But I pray that you notice that word despise in verse 12. That word despise is the same word that Jesus used a couple of weeks ago in Matthew chapter 18 when he said, take heed that you do not despise even one of these little ones. Do not despise these little ones. Paul was saying, don't you let anyone else think less of you because of your age. Don't you let anyone else think less of you because of how old you are. Young people, if you're listening, say amen, young people. Say it louder. Young people, I want to extend that same challenge to you. Don't you let your age keep you from accomplishing all that God wants to do through you. Young people, if you're listening, say amen. Say it louder. Amen. Don't let your age keep you from being mistaken for Jesus. God wants to use you right where you are, right at the age that you are. But, Paul said, be an example. He said, don't let anyone think less of you because of your age, but be an example. I read about the member of one youth group who thought he was a great Christian, holier than thou, and he went and visited a third grade Sunday school class. 
The teacher asked him to stay and to say a few words to the students in that class. He stood before them and with kind of a pompous attitude, he asked, why do you think people call me a Christian? And then his little brother shouted out from the very back, because they don't know you. How true that is. If people really knew you, if people really knew you, would they still call you a Christian? At the FCA prayer huddle at Lauderdale County this past Thursday, Caitlin Calhoun spoke and reminded me of a quote that I had heard by James Moore. She said, and listen carefully, if your walk talks and your talk talks, your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Did you get that? Your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Do you get that? How true that is. In what areas of your life, young people, is your walk to talk louder than your talk talks? Paul was giving Timothy about half a dozen ways that his walk could be louder than his talk talks. He was given about a half a dozen ways that he could be mistaken for Jesus if he was just willing. Just willing to follow Paul's advice, he would overcome his youthfulness for the glory of God. Six ways that you might be mistaken for Jesus. Set an example in your conversation. The word says, set an example in word. You see, young people, our conversations are to be above criticism. Our speech should actually characterize a child of God. Our everyday speech should be of such character, such consistency, and such content that it would make people think that they're hearing from Jesus. That's pretty strong. And if you ever think of the words of Jesus, you'll remember that Jesus' words never tore down. But they always built up set an example in your conversation but the word also says set an example in your conduct now the King James Version uses the word conversation there but conversation in, that, in this context refers to a walk not a talk he's trying to get us to understand that we are to set an example in the way we live our lives we're to set an example in our conduct set an example in our lifestyle does your lifestyle honor God is your lifestyle an advertisement for the gospel of Jesus Christ? We cannot be like the hypocrites that Paul spoke about in Titus chapter 1 when he said, they profess to know God, but in their works they deny Him. Oh, young people, I pray you're never like that. Set an example in your conversation. Set an example in your conduct. And if you want to be mistaken for Jesus, set an example in your compassion. The word says, in love or charity. Friends, Jesus was the only person whose life was a moment-by-moment, audio-visual, three-dimensional demonstration of this highest form of love. He's the only one. But the Word of God challenges us. The Word of God challenges you, young person, to be like Christ, to follow in His footsteps. The Word of God calls us to be like Jesus. 
You see, we don't obey God to be applauded by men. We obey God because we love Him and we love His people. Friends, love, it should be the motive for all your conduct. So set an example in your compassion, but also set an example in your character. The word says in spirit. You see, our spirit ought to be so inhabited, our spirit ought to be so filled by the spirit of God that we literally radiate Jesus. If we're going to be mistaken for the Lord, if we're going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish, if we're going to be examples for others to follow, then friends, we must surrender to God's spirit. We must yield to what He wants to do through us. See, it's only through His power, friend, that you're going to be mistaken for Jesus. Young person, it's only through His power that you're going to accomplish what He wants to accomplish in your life. It's only through His power that you're going to understand the Word of God, do the will of God, accomplish the work of God, engage in the worship of God, and demonstrate the wisdom of God. It's only in His power. Set an example in conversation, in conduct, in compassion, in character. But also, Paul instructs Timothy. Paul instructs our young people. Set an example in your convictions. The Word says, in faith. Set an example in your faith. For centuries, generations after generations, God has raised up young people. Young people who will take a stand before him before an unbelieving world. Oh, how God wants you to take a bold stand for his son. Young people, are you willing? Are you willing to take a stand for Jesus in your school? Are you willing to take a stand for Jesus in your group of friends? Are you willing to take a stand for Jesus? Are you willing to take a stand for what you believe in? Are you willing to turn your belief into behavior? Are you willing to make a stand? If you want to be mistaken for Jesus, then faithfulness to God is absolutely imperative. You'll never be mistaken for Jesus doing your own thing. But also, Paul tells Timothy, set an example in your cleanness. In purity, the word says, young people are faced with so many temptations this day. TV is filthy, movies are filthy. So many temptations. And young people, I'm sorry, I want to give you an apology this morning. Because we as an adults, We ain't doing nothing about it for you. So I'm going to have to ask you to take a stand for purity. To take a stand. Here Paul was telling Timothy, don't be defiled by your environment. You may not have any control over your environment, but you do have a choice whether you're going to be defiled by it or not. Yes, you must have contact, but you do not have to be contaminated. God's word calls on his people. God's word calls on his young people 
to take a stand for purity. Will you take a stand? Will you take a stand? To be mistaken for Jesus. You must be willing to be an example in your conversation, in your conduct, in your compassion, in your character, in your convictions, and in your cleanness. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds just a little bit overwhelming. Amen? How does one go about learning to set this kind of good example? Well, praise the Lord. The, the Word of God also gives us those instructions. The first thing that Paul said in verse 13 is he said, Until I come, give attention to reading. Now, when Timothy received this letter and he read it, he knew what Paul meant when he said reading. He knew that Paul meant reading God's Word. So if Timothy began by reading his Bible, then so must we. This Bible is a big old book, though, isn't it? Some of them are bigger than others. But it's a big book. It's got a lot of words in it. And nobody can hope to know it just by reading it one time. To know and reflect the godly characteristics that are, that are commanded and directed in this book, you've got to read it over. I know what that was. And over and over and over and 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 again and again. Before we can encourage someone else in the Word, before we can teach someone else the Word, then we first got to make it real in our own lives. Too many young people, too many adults are carrying around this big old book. And all it is is a paperweight. You know why? Because this book is not becoming real in their lives. Do you want to be mistaken for Jesus? Do you want to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in your life? Then you've got to make this book real in your life. Read the Scriptures. But we also can learn to set a good example by ministering to others. The Word says give attention to exhortation. Now, you've got to know that it's not enough just to read the Scriptures. We've got to put them into practice. You've got to practice what you read. You've got to practice what God encourages to put in your life. If you're going to be mistaken for Jesus, you don't want to just urge people to be right and do right. You want to pray for them. You want to encourage them when they struggle. You want to comfort them when they hurt. That's how you get mistaken for Jesus. That's how you accomplish what God wants to accomplish through you. By ministering to others. But he also says, by teaching God's word, give attention to doctrine. You see, a growing Christian will always be a student of the word. Before he teaches others, he'll begin by teaching himself or herself. Now, teaching in this sense, doctrine in this sense, is so well illustrated in Nehemiah chapter 8. In verse 8, the leaders of God's people, and this is what the word says, read distinctly from the book. They read distinctly from the law of God. And then, get this, they gave the sense. They helped to make sense 
of the scriptures and they help them to understand the reading. That's what you're to learn to do, young people. Helping other people to get the sense and help them to understand. Young people, when you diligently read the word, practice the word, teach the word, then you're going to begin to live in such a way that those who don't know Christ will look at you and they'll come to know him because they have looked at you. Because they've seen the way you live. You want to be mistaken for Jesus? You want to accomplish the most for God in your lifetime? Set a good example. But also, Paul says, use your spiritual gift. Verse 14, do not neglect, say neglect. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by the prophecy with with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 teaches this, that if we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, get this, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. That's straight out of God's word. The moment that a person becomes a Christian, the moment that a person yields his or her own will for God's will, it don't matter whether they're young, it don't matter whether they're old, but the moment that happens, God blesses that person with the gift of the Spirit and is also given a gift from the Spirit. At least one, how many of you know that you've been given a gift from the Spirit? You have. You may not have developed it. You may not have found it. But you got it. Are you using your gift? And Paul says, or the, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the word says that a manifestation, a gift of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of us all. Young people, God has given you a gift. Maybe more than one gift. And that gift is to be used for all of our benefit. Paul says to young Timothy, do not neglect the gift that's in you. If you've got a gift and you're not sharing it and you're not exercising it and you're not developing it, it's going to shrivel up like an old unused muscle. One way to put it is, you better use it or you're going to lose it. Don't neglect the gift that is in you. So encouraging to know that when God calls us as a Christian, when God calls us, it's also His responsibility to equip us. He gives the gift. 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul wrote, And I thank the Lord Jesus Christ who has enabled me because He counted me faithful putting me in the ministry. Paul knew that it was all because of God enabling him that he was able to become one of the greatest apostles of all time. But although these gifts, although these ministry opportunities, although these possibilities for service come straight from God, we can't be careless. We can't be neglectful. We can't be negligent. We can't be half-hearted because we're to be developing and using God's gift. Young people, God has you in a place where you can make an influence. God has you in a place where you can influence people's lives for all eternity. 
God has you in a place where he, you can minister to people's needs. The only question is this. Will you use your gift? School's got history class, study hall, desks, chalkboards, a flat board, juniors, spiral edges, teachers, skaters, backpacks, a library, lockers, and a lot of drama. It's got lunch, a chem lab, pop quizzes, friends, notes, pep rallies, text messaging, English Fs, economics, lunch ladies, GPAs, and snack time. Just kidding. Research papers, number two pencil, finals, iPod, science, a pool basketball team, a principal, books, a compass, round scissors, bullies, calculators, practical jokes, rulers, algebra, cell phones, art class, band kids, jocks, extra credit, seniors, gym shorts, nerds, A's, B's, C's, SATs, and a lot of Z's. But it needs more God. And it needs you to bring it every day. Pray you never let yourself forget that. Your school needs more God. And God is relying on you to bring it. If you'd like to be mistaken for Jesus, if you'd like to accomplish what God has in store for you in your lifetime, you've got to be willing to set a good example. But you must also be willing to use your spiritual gift. Thirdly, you must be willing to grow. Look at verse 15. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely. Say entirely. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Meditate on these things. That phrase can be uh, translated cultivate or take great pains to develop these things. Paul is encouraging Timothy. I believe that God is encouraging you and I to give ourselves to God's work without distraction, to give ourselves to God's work without division of heart, to give ourselves to Him entirely. I believe we should go all out. I believe we should go all out to serve our master, especially in light of what he's done. And when that happens, young people, your progress, your growth, your development, your progression as a mature Christian is going to be evident to all. So often, Christians, young and old alike, they get up there and they kind of hit a plateau. And then they begin to settle down in a comfortable little rut not really doing anything for the Lord but we should always be growing always advancing always moving forward both in our devotion and our desire to see Jesus magnified that's why you were created is for the glory of God would you like to be mistaken for Jesus would you like to, to accomplish what God's got in store for you Set a good example. Use your spiritual gift. Be willing to grow. And finally, keep up your guard. Keep up your guard, verse 16. Take heed. Say, take heed. Say it again. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. One translation says, watch your life. Watch your life. Watch your life and be careful to listen to what you're being taught. Notice the order. Take heed to yourself and then take heed to the doctrine. Young people, there is so much junk out there. 
So much junk. Witchcraft. Junk. Just mysticism. Astrology. Cults. Buddhism, Hinduism, humanism, ritualism, legalism, mysticism, atheism. It's all junk. You want to be mistaken for Jesus? You got to examine what you believe. Examine what you believe and then put it alongside the plumb line of God's word. Examine what you believe. Take heed to yourself. And then to the doctrine. Put what you believe alongside the Word of God and see if it matches. That's what Paul's writing to Timothy. And that's the only way you're going to be mistaken for Jesus and accomplish what He wants to accomplish in your life. Christians got to continue. Continue in quiet time, continue in prayer, continue in Bible study because there are so many of these dangers that are lurking about. And there's one especially who wants to cause you harm. He wants to kill you. He wants to put you out of commission. He wants to make you impotent. Not important. Impotent. Amen? His name is the father of lies. He's the devil. He roams around like a roaring lion seeking to whom he may devour. Don't let him get you. Take heed to yourself. Take heed to the teaching. We can't afford to be like the man who, when asked what he believes, said, well, I believe what the church believes. And they said, well, what does the church believe? And they said, well, the church believes what I believe. And they said, well, what do you both believe? And they said, well, we believe the same. I don't expect you to believe what Brother Bill says. But I do expect you to believe what the Word of God says. And the minute that my preaching goes against the grain of the Scriptures, I want to hear from you, amen? amen. Uncertainty, doubt, wavering to and fro, it has no good place in this world. There's too much junk out there, too many dangers lurking about. So we better take heed to ourselves and take heed to the teaching of God's Word. That way we can be saved from false teaching. And that's what verse 16 is talking about. We can be saved from false teaching. We can be saved from all these isms. We can be saved from cults because we know the truth. If you'll take heed to yourself and then to your teaching. Young people, if there is a chance, a remote possibility that you're going to be mistaken for the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot just let the Christian life happen. You cannot just let it happen. You cannot just say, You can't say, Whatever will be, will be. You can't just say, Well, live and let live. You got to live deliberately for Him. You got to live deliberately for the Lord Jesus Christ setting a good example using your spiritual gifts being willing to grow and certainly keeping up your guard you cannot be mistaken for Jesus until you know Jesus 
And the Word of God teaches us very clearly that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, you will be If you want to be an instrument in the hand of Jesus, you first got to know Jesus. If you want to accomplish what Jesus has in store for you, you first got to know Jesus. If you don't know him today, during this song, I pray that you'll listen to the words of God in that still, soft whisper, in that conscience of your heart. And you'll listen to what he has to say to you. If there's any other decision that you need to make today, what a great opportunity to do so. Whatever God's telling you today, I pray you'd be obedient to that. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for not just saving us, but for also giving us direction. Lord, thank you for never moving. Thank you for never leaving us and never forsaking us, even when we leave you and forsake you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for loving your children that much. And Father, I thank you that even though we were born into a sin-filled world, that we were born dead to sin, in sin. Father, I pray that everyone here realizes that, that you have not left us to our own, Father, that you have provided a Savior. He had to be perfect. He had to be God. He had to pay the price. And so you sent your son, your only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Father, if there's one here, even one, young or old, it matters not, that needs to make a decision for you today, no matter what the decision may be for salvation or baptism or to become a part of our family, Lord, we pray that you would encourage them to come and that your will would be done in their lives. Thank you for your word. Thank you for young people today. And Lord, I pray that you would encourage them to take the bold stand that you want them to take to magnify the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Let's all stand.
would come forward for our morning offering while brother bill is getting ready for yeah i got you all messed up i know <laughs> i got everybody messed up this morning but uh while he's while they're getting ready for the uh baptism will happen just a second our offertory scripture this morning comes from second corinthians chapter 9 verse 10 the word of god says now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seeds you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's call the Lord in prayer and we'll ask the Lord to bless the offering this morning. Lord, we come to you in this time of our service, Lord, worshiping you in tithes and offerings, Lord. We ask you to take what we give to you, what we give back to you, Lord, and use it for the uplifting of your kingdom, Lord. We ask you to bless it and just multiply it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Take your hymnal, if you would, please, and turn to number 435. Apply, uh, make just a little bit of housekeeping changes. Number just a minute while they're getting ready so let's sing everybody got it number 435 we'll just sing a couple of verses here we go 
There's within my heart a melody Jesus whispers sweet and low Fear not, I am with thee, peace be still In of life's ebb and flow Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Sweetest name I know Fills my every longing in my heart Keeps me singing as I go All my life was wrecked by sin and strife Discord filled my heart with pain Jesus wept across the broken strings Stirred